0: Welcome, friends, to this brand-new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh, new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad.
1: Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to this brand new broadcast, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with a Heart After God Bible teaching ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. I'm so grateful to God for all of you, and uh, I pray for you often throughout the the week, and many times um, throughout the week, sometimes many times in a given day as well. And I am trusting that the Lord is answering those prayers and producing great fruit for His namesake in and through your lives, presently and eternally. Well, uh, this is part 42. Part, part 42, yeah, part 42 of, I almost forgot. Last week's was 41. This week is part 42 of our series called the Know Your Faith series. The goal that I have, and I am I know it's the Lord's heart, is that you will know your faith, that you'll walk it out, and that you will be rich in Jesus as a result of walking out your faith and knowing your faith. It, it, it just is a tragedy that any Christian could not know his or her faith when it's right there for us, 66 books of the Bible. Now, we need teachers uh, of the Word of God to help us to know our faith, and that is that is what I do. I'm just one of many teachers, no better than anybody else, but certainly grateful to be able to partner with the Holy Spirit to help you to know your faith. Well, we are in Luke chapter 6 today. Luke chapter 6, and we are in verse 39. We're going to look at verses 39. Uh, We might make it all the way to verse 49, but certainly 39 to 45. But as I did last week, I want to take us back to a few verses to set the context, because this is Luke's shortened version of Jesus teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. And it's good for us to remember what the purpose is, who Jesus is addressing uh, this teaching to primarily. But before we do that, of course, let, let us go before the Lord and express our dependence upon him to teach us. The Holy Spirit is the master teacher and we need him. So let's ask him, Father, be glorified in this message. Lord Jesus, be glorified in this message. And the only way this can happen is that you, Holy Spirit, our teacher, would open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts so that we can receive all that you have for us. Let us be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus for the glory of the Father and of the Son, for the strengthening and the upbuilding of your church and the evangelization the salvation of the unsaved we ask these things expecting you to do more than that that you would do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or imagine according your power that mightily works within us according to your word in ephesians 3:20 20 and 21 in jesus name amen and Amen. Now our text again is Luke chapter 6 uh, verses 39 to at least verse 45, but again the context is important. So let's go back to verse 20 of Luke 6 and remind ourselves primarily who Jesus is addressing and turning his gaze toward his disciples. That is is his primary audience there there are others that are listening but it's primarily to his disciples and he began to say to them blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of god now again in the old testament the poor were almost always those who are humble before god it is the idea is that we are dependent upon god we are spiritual beggars before god because anybody that doesn't have that mindset is too proud they're they're not going to be hungry for the word of god they're not going to be willing they're not going to be humble enough to allow the holy spirit to change them they're not they're not willing to obey god they're not really even interested in god it's the you know as i as i quoted last week again Isaiah 66 verse 2 but to this one will i look that means to look upon with favor but to this one will i look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word my friends that is that is the perfect description are of, of what Jesus is referring to, and that is the poor in spirit. And it's them, it's to them and them alone, they alone, that belongs the kingdom of God. And then he goes down in verse 27, and he says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. And that is something that was not taught by any of the, the religious leaders in Israel at that time. It was radical, but Jesus lived that way, and his disciples must live that way as well. Now, the other thing that Jesus is doing, he always is doing this with his disciples, is that he is teaching them and training them to lead his people, to lead the church, to fulfill the Great Commission, to disciple the nations. And to do that, they need to be obedient to him so they can produce the kind of fruit that will really glorify him and honor him. And that that really is the background for verses 39 through 45 and then ultimately even to verse 49. So now we're ready to look at verse 39. And he also spoke a parable to them. Now a parable we're going to, We're going to learn many parables in Luke as we go through Luke um, in the next weeks and months. A parable is a comparison. That is, Jesus lays side by side one thing with another. Sometimes it it is a comparison uh, of similarity. Sometimes it is a contrast. Sometimes parables can be stories. We'll see some of those in Luke. But in this case, it's a comparison. So he spoke to them, verse 39, a parable, a blind man cannot guide a blind man, can he? Well, that's that's obvious. Everybody knows that. Will they not both fall into a pit? Well, why is Jesus teaching this? Well, you'll see in a moment. A pupil is not above his teacher, that is a student, is not above his teacher, but everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. See, he's he's training uh, his disciples to become like him. That is the the primary responsibility of every believer in Jesus, is to reflect him, to represent him, to glorify him to honor him so that people see Jesus Christ in and through us why verse 41 do you look at the speck or splinter that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye it almost seems like he's using a bit of of um Oh, uh, what's the word? A bit of humor here. You know, tongue in cheek. Maybe there's a little bit of a smile there. Although he's very serious about what he's saying. Enough. I didn't get a chance to mention this last week, but that is an explanation of verse 37 when he says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. It's the one who is always wanting to point out the sins of others, the errors of others, the shortcomings of others, the weaknesses of others, and doesn't even deal with his own sin or shortcoming or failures. It's easy to see that in others, but not so easy to see it in ourselves. We want to correct others, we want to rebuke others, but I've always felt that before I And you know, I have to know that the Lord is leading me to bring correction to someone else. I first want to examine my own heart to make sure there's no hypocrisy in me, and that's easy enough to do simply by asking the Holy Spirit to examine my heart. That's a prayer that we ought to be praying almost on a daily basis. So, Jesus says. Why do you look? This is human nature. Why do you look at the splinter, the speck, that is in your brother's eye, but you don't even notice the log that is in your own eye? It's interesting, the, the Greek words that he uses here. Why do you look? The, the word look it means to notice. It, it can mean to see spiritually. But then... He says, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye. That's a stronger word. And it means to observe carefully, to look at with reflection. You see, it's easy to take a quick look at someone else and see their their faults, but it takes a lot more effort to examine our own faults, and we need the Holy Spirit to do that. Verse 42, or how can you say? to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. (laughs) And then he goes on and says, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take out the speck That is in your brother's eye. Wow. Can you imagine how much better this world would be if we listened to the teaching of Jesus? As a matter of fact, this world is in a mess because it's it's in rebellion to God. And when we rebel against God, we refuse to listen to him. We refuse to do what he says. Then he leaves us to ourselves and and we're just full of destruction and poison. And what do we have in our world, in your society and in my society? We have all kinds of people that are running around blaming others, criticizing others angry with others so that they don't examine their own lives. And if they'd stop and do that, there'd be a whole lot more peace in our world, wouldn't there? Wow, this is, this is convicting, isn't it? It is stirring, but it's a good thing. You see, my friends, the Lord wants us to be free from sin, free from hypocrisy. Free from a critical spirit, a judgmental spirit, a harsh spirit. All of those things bring us into bondage, into captivity. But obedience to him leads to freedom and blessing. I, I started to use a phrase many, many years ago, way back in the 90s. Blessing always follows obedience. You can see that's a principle that runs throughout Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, blessing always follows obedience. And the blessing comes in obeying. The blessing comes when we obey, we are free. When we obey, we're joyful. When we obey, it's it's people appreciate our presence a whole lot more. Well, he goes on and he says, verse 43, For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. That's why I'm always praying that the Lord would gain present and eternal fruit for his namesake. Because when we are obeying him, we produce good fruit for him. That's what we are supposed to be doing. That's what he he tells us in John 15, verses 1 through 8, that, that, uh, that teaching of his about producing good fruit. For each tree, verse 44, is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good man, verse 45, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For, or for his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. What is the condition of your heart, my friend? Does your heart have good soil? Or is it bad soil, evil soil? There are only two ways that I know of to have a good heart. Number one is to live a lifestyle of repentance. Why? Because when we repent of our sin, we're asking God to not only forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's what gets the poison out of us. You know, at least when I, when I am in Kenya and in Uganda, uh, malaria is a serious thing. And so I have to take medication because I don't live in those countries. When I minister there, I have to take medication to protect me from getting malaria. I take it ahead of time and I take it while I'm there. Now, after I don't remember how many trips I've made uh, to Kenya and Uganda since 2014, 15, 16, 17 trips, somewhere in that area. Well, the Not the last trip, but the trip before that, I got malaria. Well, it's because I wasn't careful, like I should have been, to cover my my arms and my head and all that. And boy, I'll tell you, you know, the, the Ugandans laughed at me and they said, now you're really one of us because you know what it's like to have malaria. But, you know, it's a serious thing. I could have died. Fortunately my young son in the faith who hosted me sent for a doctor and the doctor gave me powerful medication. What did the medication do? It cleansed my system from the malaria. We need medication to cleanse our system from sin. And what is that medication? It is confession and repentance. And all it is, is Father, please forgive me from my sin and cleanse me from my unrighteousness. And that's what he does. It's the blood of Jesus that is our spiritual medication. And we need that spiritual medication almost on a daily basis, because there are not many days that go by that we're not guilty of some kind of sin. And, And the medication is a gift. But we have to take advantage of it. You know, medication does no good on the table. You have to put it in your mouth. And and likewise for us, our medication is the confession of our mouth. But then after that, the other thing that I know of that, that will help us to have a good heart, good soil in our heart, is to get the word of God in us just like we need water, just like we need healthy food so that we can grow. You can't live long without water. You can't live long without food and nourishment. And what does Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but listen out by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Your words were found and I ate them and your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I have been called by your name O Lord of hosts. Jeremiah 15:16. I love Jeremiah 23:18 Who has stood in the council of the Lord that he may see and hear his word? who has given heed to his word and listened these this is what we need my friends to to have good treasure in our hearts a bank has good treasure but we need good treasure in our lives as well and i've just shared with you how to have that good treasure. You know, I think we need to stop and pray for for every believer in Jesus that is listening to this broadcast. I want to have a time of prayer with you right now before I go on and finish Luke chapter six. So let me lead you in a time of confession and repentance of sin. Would you join me? Holy Father, we come before you now humbly, in the name of Jesus, through our Lord and Savior. And we ask that you would cleanse us from unrighteousness, that you would forgive us of our sin. Now, my friend, if you, whatever sin the Holy Spirit is bringing before you, repent of that sin. Do it right now. Say it out loud. Lord, I repent of, and then name whatever it is. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe whatever it is. I'm giving you just a a moment to do that. And now let's say, Father, thank you that if I confess my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen and amen. Now, let me give you a powerful promise from Isaiah 43, verse 25, which says this. I, even I, have wiped out your transgressions for my namesake, and I will not remember your sins. Isn't that powerful? You should memorize that. And then in uh, Psalm one hundred three, uh, verse eight, eight, is it? I think. Um, Psalm. I'm turning there right now. Psalm one hundred three, mm, uh, verse twelve. Let me read. Let me go back to verse. <laughs> let me go back to verse eight. There's so much. It's verse twelve I want to focus on, but but verse eight. I just have to start there. The Lord, Yahweh, is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. He will not always strive with us, the New Living Translation says, constantly accuse or remain angry, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not, verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. He could if he wanted to. But then look at this, verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him or revere him, respect him, honor him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And you know, I often hear that you can measure north and south, but you can't measure east and west. Once the Lord forgives us, that's it. He never brings it up again. He doesn't condemn us. That's why Paul says in Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because Jesus' blood cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that amazing? Well, I think what I'm going to do next week is, um, next week I'll finish up Luke. I want to rush through uh, verses 46 through uh, 49. I think what I want to do is is just take some time to pray with and for you uh, right now. And so, Father, I pray we come together and we pray now uh, for each other, and we ask that you would open the heavens and bring your presence first and foremost. I pray that you would visit the people listening to this broadcast, that you would minister to them, that you would. Speak to them, that you would encourage them. Just fill the homes of those who are listening to this broadcast. Draw the people close to you, Holy Father. And then we ask for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you bring answers to the prayers of your people would you answer their cries for deliverance from demonic oppression and possession be free of demonic control over your lives in the name of jesus and lord jesus you are healing bodies all over the world even as we speak we ask that you would bring your healing power to the lives of many people. Open blind eyes, open deaf ears. Bring healing for those that have malaria, for those that have the coronavirus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I'm asking that you would release your healing power in the lives of many people in various different ways. Release, Holy Spirit, the gifts of healing. Release the gift of faith. Let those who are paralyzed walk. Let those who suffer from migraine headaches be freed of their afflictions. And Lord, I'm asking that you would provide, that you would do financial miracles that would glorify you and that would not be wasted, but that you would meet every financial need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then my friends, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, you are still in your sin. And the only way to get free from your sin is to ask him. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any man should boast. Repent of your sin. Say with me, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin, and I will live for you, and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven me of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you are now my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, that I belong to you forevermore. Amen and amen. Until next time, God's richest blessing be upon you all. God
0: bless you. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradabley.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after him in every way.